cows are flighty bastards, so you put them through a, a situation where you scare them, and um, you you get a pretty good differentiation. It's better than people probably because it's much easier to scare a cow, and it's not at all unethical <laughs> to jump right out in front of the the <clears throat> cow with a yeah. chainsaw and a Jason mask on. Welcome to Everything Hurts. I am Dan Quintana from the University of Oslo, and I am here with James Heathers from Northeastern University in Boston, Massachusetts, the United States. You... Uh, it's I me. The... I need me, this. I need... Daniel. <laughs> you you sent me an interesting, um, an interesting preprint that you've been uh, working on with the yeah, with... chiseling away at something for a laugh. For a laugh, because <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> we we just write papers for laughs. Well, uh, yes, sometimes I do. <laughs> thanks very much. For, for Not everyone's lols. as serious as you. For the lols. Uh, now this 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 preprint brought up uh, a very very interesting topic, um, which which has been happening and been talked about a lot. But uh, the the term that you use for it, I think, really encapsulates the whole problem. And, uh, is that an accepted term? When you say this, if people go out and Google it afterwards, are they going to be able to find it? Is this a, a, a in common parlance? I, I, I don't know, but as soon as you said it, I thought this makes Neither complete sense. It, it makes complete sense, and I think I've heard other people refer to it. Well, we, we shouldn't keep the, the listeners in suspense any longer. Um, we're talking about zombie theories. Now, do you want to explain zombie theories, James? Yeah, sure. Yeah, a lot of the time in different fields of science, when we progress, we do not take the assumptions of something and say, these are generally true, and then move on to another theory that builds on top of them. A lot of the time, theories are prospective. Mm. We think this might work in this particular way. This might have this structure. This might go over there. Uh, we might be able to use X to do Y. And these prospective theories that we use occasionally are wrong. This is just part of doing business. That's science. Um, it's, yeah. And you'd say it's sort of educated guesswork. Well, that's the educated guesswork element of it. Occasionally, you are going to have what feels like a really good idea. And because of sampling error because of just pure dumbass luck because of some misinterpretation because of a statistical screw-up because of a third variable that got in the middle of your two variables you're not aware of or just because because your hand slipped on the spreadsheet god only knows you end up with an idea that has no longevity and it gets to a point where it can't be justified anymore now, this happens obviously quite a lot. We're continually turning stuff over, things don't work, etc. But occasionally, ideas where it's generally accepted that we really are done with that and we've moved on to the next thing, continue to live on <laughs> from beyond the grave. From beyond the grave, the zombie idea walks the scientific landscape. Citations. 
It moans while attacking passers-by. I'm making this up at this point in time. A zombie theory is one where we've had the shit kicked out of it on a factual level. It is now extremely reasonable to expect that it isn't true. And not just because it's wrong, generally because we have something better. We have a more sophisticated explanation that precludes the basis of the original explanation. We've Mm. got something better, or it's just wrong, or most of the time, probably both. But people still continue to cite this theory and behave as if it was fine. Like the everything's fine dog. uh, Yes, like the everything's fine dog, where the entire landscape is on fire. Even when his face is on fire, (laughs) he is saying everything is fine. Now you 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 wrote this uh, this this preprint in the the context of heart rate variability, and you you, you raised a, a, a few interesting points and a few characteristics of these zombie theories, which do, I think apply to 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 almost any zombie theory within science. Um, yes. Yeah. Now well, I don't know how many of these there are. I've had this discussion a couple of times now. In even the slightly less fruity biological sciences, I do not know how many of these things there actually are. Um, I think there's two reasons for that. One, any like individual observations a lot of the time are far more tied down to data and methodology than things are in the social sciences. You spend years and years and years and years getting exactly that type of data on that kind of cell and that sort of thing, doing this sort of thing. It's all extremely heavily hypothesis-driven. There's no sort of, go, oh, I hope they're related. Let's do some <laughs> SEM. Ha <laughs> uh, It's not like that at all. Um, so when something's turned over and you come up with a, a better explanation, etc., I don't think they have the same longevity. Um, they're also entirely falsifiable a lot of the time. When you say mm. X antibody does Y in Z. If it doesn't work, you've got a series of possible explanations and a lot of the time those explanations are eventually painstakingly chased down to produce some kind of a conclusion. Mm. Um, The harder your sciences get, the less often this is going to happen. So I don't think that happens very much. Um, The other thing that prevents it is the fact a lot of this stuff is technique-based. We do all this stuff that's possible with x-ray crystallography and then all of a sudden, blammo, the whole field changes because now there's a new technology, etc., etc. Give it 10 to 15 years, all the ideas are going to look shabby or incomplete, etc., etc., because it's all going to get turned over again. Mm. So I've often noticed there's a, a lot of, uh, a lot of um, different, different areas within the, 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 the hard biological sciences. They've got citations that are sort of... Here's something some fucker noticed somewhere between like 1965 and 1980. And then there's a huge gap and like, here's some shit people published six months ago. Mm. So you cite a series of foundational references that mean everything makes sense. And then you skip right to the cutting edge of what everyone else is doing. Standard approach. Yeah, well, so it's, it's inherent on the nature of the, the field, but... Less so, I suppose, especially in psychology. And um, this isn't really a paper, uh, the the thing that I sent you is not really a paper that's about psychology. It's a really, it's it's turned into something about how ideas can persist in the absence of evidence, in the middle of discussions of evidence. 
Mm. Which is kind of weird if you listen to all the words involved. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I want to know. I want to know what you thought of it because this is something that I did for. I was in a bad mood and then wrote the bulk of this in a couple of days, and then that was the end of it. And then, of yeah. course, I experienced a, a great deal of uh, sort of self-doubt and having to do other stuff and then forgot about it completely. Which is a good way to write, isn't it? You come back to it and you find out whether or not you're full of shit when you're completely sick of it. Yeah, you get, you get, some, uh, you get some fresh ideas. Now, I think one of the, one of the good things that was, um, that was raised here, um, which is a key part of why these theories do not die or they, or they continue to, to walk around the, the halls of academia is uh, attractiveness and simplicity. Some of these things just make bloody good sense. And uh, despite the fact that these, uh, these, there, there's a lot of evidence against it, people will go for, this is a cool story versus a, this is wrong. And I think in the case, uh, particularly the case that you're addressing, um, this, is, uh, this, is, this is certainly happening. Um, we're, we're, here we're talking heart rate variability and the idea that you can actually get a index of sympathetic nervous system activity from the electrocardiogram or any sort of interbeat interval signal. At the moment, that is just simply not the case with the technology that we have. But people love the idea that the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system operate as some sort of yin and yang type relationship as one goes up, one goes down. I call it the it's the it's the it's the do the do little model of um it's the do little model of uh cardiac autonomic outflow yeah, measurement yeah and the thing is I um, actually I remember getting taught this it's not it's not because it does little it because it reminds me of the two headed llama where you've got one thing pulling it the push me pull you you got yeah. one head that's pulling it one way and one head is pulling it the other way and there's literally they're they're completely rigidly connected you've got two animals facing opposite directions <laughs> on the same thing there's one pulling it up the other way there's one pulling it down the you, you know there's an up mm. and a down like you, a seesaw is the same but I prefer obviously llama based metaphors llama based metaphors and yeah, the thing is, it's it's super attractive. Like we, we we like the idea. It's almost like a good versus evil type dichotomy. We like the idea mm. as one thing goes up, one thing goes down. I even remember getting taught this very idea in uh, in undergraduate uh, undergraduate uh, biological psychology. Um, so a, a, a pox on the lecturer, whoever that was, <laughs> t- teaching that. But the thing is, oh. it, it's not. Where it's did not you wrong. do undergraduate? Macquarie, Macquarie Uni. Oh, okay. We could yeah. we could look that up and write them a rude note, but never that mind. That was a long Go time on. ago. But the thing is, okay, l- l- let's say this one thing first. It's not this... In some circumstances, this actually does occur. In some circumstances, if you do get an what, increase... What does? In, sorry? Uh, the increase of parasympathetic corresponds with the decrease of sympathetic. It's possible. Oh, it, it, does, it does a lot. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, but... Um, so this idea assumes that this is always the case. That if there's always an increase in sympathetic, there's an always there's all this is always going to correspond as if it's like this uh, this llama you were talking right. about. Um, but this isn't the case. And that it can and, it can easily be and that it can easily be measured. That because of because of theory that we won't go into. It's it's yeah. it's right there available. It's a metric. It's right under your thumb. So that's that's all you need. Mm. So, look, what you're saying is that attractiveness and simplicity is a center to the idea that it essentially has, in a broader term, a brand. It has a thing that's immediately it has a thing that's immediately associated with it. Mm. So, when I talk about that, it's like it's a 
you, you, you take a measurement, you get a person, you go, I'm, a, I'm a, one of those psychologies, I want to do the physiologies, I will take a person and measure the cardiac autonomicses. Ooh, look, it's got that measure, it's the thing, it's what it is. It becomes sort of, um, the, the operationalization is confused with the, 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 what the thing actually is. It doesn't become a process anymore. It becomes the thing in and of itself. I'm sure there's a better way of expressing that, but you know what I mean. Mm. So it's like oxytocin being the hug hormone. <laughs> yeah? Oh. We're looking for something that would drive your blood pressure as high as mine is right now. <laughs> People, if you're talking about it, say you're explaining this to someone in a bar and you say, well, I like to, I like to stuff people full of the oxytocin. And they go, I've heard of that. It's the hug hormone. And you grip the Do, do you the have any from my wife? With your, a, <laughs> a, a white knuckled hand grips the counter unseen to the guy. As you resist the temptation to smash him in the face with a half-full beer bottle. Because <laughs> I know yeah. you're like that a lot. I think at some level you've got a lot of sublimated anger that's the boiling ang- away below the, the surface. The, ang- the anger and is And one day we'll... It. Yeah, we're, we're going to find you. The old, the, old, the, the long gun and the bell tower in your future. <laughs> well, this... Me, yeah, on the, the other hand, who gets all my anger out in daily life by yelling at stuff, um, I have an outlet. Yeah. Well, the the and the, the cat. The cat. The the hug hormone is uh, something. Uh, but this is a good example because um, zombies eventually will die over time, and uh, we can actually see that this uh, this trope of the hug hormone is slowly dying. And the further you 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 uh you walk from the the core uh, sort of science of oxytocin, the the more likely you are to see this 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 idea. Um, whereas people who are in no have, have discarded it, really. Um, it's the same sort of thing when it comes to oxytocin being the trust hormone. Um, people who are very familiar with, with the literature will oh, know God. that this, this is simply not the case. Um, but the, the, the reason being is that... Um, now, th- this comes to another issue of authority and precedence. Uh, the, one of the first studies to do human oxytocin work looked at this idea of trust. And this was trust looking at an economic game published in 2005... And that found mm. that people were more likely to behave in a trusting manner after given oxytocin. Uh, this has got thousands of citations. So people look at the literature. They look, oh, look, this was the first study. It was, uh, it, it was published in uh, one of the Glamour journals. And uh, it has all these citations. Other people cite it. It's shite, though, isn't it? Well, since then, there's been a lot of studies which actually show that no... I've even tested the very thing myself. I asked people the very question after showing them faces, how much do you trust this person? And there was no effect. And other people have done um, using a similar sort of uh, a similar sort of economic game as the original study and have found time and time again that this doesn't actually uh, doesn't actually replicate. So people who are really in the know have, have basically discarded this idea that it's a trust hormone. Okay. But uh, it's a brand. Exactly. It's the thing. And... The, the the brand of oxytocin has been um, because it originally became popular on the back of this trust study, and then mm-hmm. on top of that there came this whole idea that it was um it was a, a positive hormone. Then the the horse bolted. Um, nothing. Imagine that you have a hormone which makes you happy, makes you hug everyone. It's not oh, the case. God. Yeah, it's not Sounds the case. Awful. Yeah, <laughs> but but now now we've got the idea that um it's uh, scientists who, who are familiar with the literature now will tell you well no it's actually more of a 
uh, a social salience hormone that is involved in in the broad spectrum of of social behavior, both positive and uh, and and both negative. But the trust hormone, the happy hormone, the hug hormone, all that stuff still persists, especially especially in the uh, hug in the pop- happy. Everything starts with H. Everything starts with H. Horse, horse <laughs> shit hormone. Especially uh, in the popular media, um, I, I did a quick search on um, uh, on Twitter to see what what are people talking about when they mention oxytocin. And of course, the majority of these things were to do with trust, hug, happiness, all this type of stuff. Because it's really attractive. It's a great great story. It's not as exciting as oxytocin. If you're a narcissist, it's going to make you more of a narcissist. It's interesting, but for, for popular culture, <laughs> uh, for popular culture, that, that that's not interesting at all. Um, so yeah, it's it's certainly changing. Um, but the the good thing is, it's um, uh, at least within science, it's slowly shifting. And I think a lot of that is to do with it's almost like a shame thing, in that um, most people who who send out their papers for review and mention this, you know, three out of four reviewers are going to go, mate, this is this is just not applicable anymore. You know, this mm. this isn't a thing. And and time oh, you and time, get to you get to critical mass at some point in time where enough enough people are going to desk your paper that is they they're going to get it and either it's going to be immediately sent back by the editor handling it or it's going to mm-hmm. go out to reviewers who are not going to bother reviewing it past the central conception of this is a big pile of bullshit and um go away. Mm. Uh, you can't. It's just you've you, you've arranged concepts in a way that have no resemblance to experimentally verifiable reality. Shoo. Now, I think this actually works better because the field is a lot smaller than heart rate variability, and because the field is a lot smaller, oh. these idea these ideas propagate a lot quicker. Well, uh, heart rate variability is not a field; it's a technique. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it that, that, crosses that, between it crosses between. I mean, like if you if you just stick it through the even like Google Google Scholar, PubMed, Crossref, whatever, you will get exercise physiology. Uh, biofeedback, various areas of medical science. Um, you'll get a certain version in electrocard and cardiology journals. You'll get a ton in psychology. And then you'll get freaks and lunatics who are claiming all sorts of spiritual horseshit about it. And you'll also get, there's, a, there's large animal work in oxytocin, uh, oxy, what am I, HIV? Mm. The, the I was reading so I got a, a, an email the other day. Uh, we've got a we've got a cow ECG. Wow! How good does how good does this work? Uh, it turns out cows are flighty bastards. So some of the research right, we put a cow ECG on. Um, it doesn't look. I wish it looked more exciting, but it looks much like a human ECG with longer leads. <laughs> so that was boring. I thought it would be adorable or something, but it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cows are flighty bastards, so you put them through a, a situation where you scare them, and um, you you get a pretty good differentiation. It's better than people, probably, because it's much easier to scare a cow, and it's not at all unethical to jump right out in front of the the cow with a yeah. chainsaw and a Jason mask on, and uh, you know. So all of this stuff mixed up in a bucket is all all drawing on essentially the same theoretical something. Yeah, it, the same it, the same technique with this, the same sort of the same justifications. And I haven't even got into the animal stuff, like the small mm. animal stuff, which is uh, psychopharm people use it sometimes. Uh, different sorts of drugs, different sorts of stress models, 
obviously this becomes super uh, bonding stuff as well of research involves there's lots of hiv stuff so it, yeah look this is a, a huge broad church like well why hasn't everyone heard of these particular this particular theoretical state etc etc i'll tell you why everyone hasn't heard of it because everyone's not from the same place everyone's from everywhere mm. you know they're not all reading the same stuff i'm not reading the cow stuff <laughs> you know i mean i am now because someone asked me for it and it's way more interesting than i thought it'd be that's cool but uh i didn't know anything about it before the day before yesterday mm. a thousand citations a year in hiv like minimum it's probably more like 1400 1600 yeah i was now. gonna say the, 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 every the... single day something is published there's a lot of and there's uh Oh, and the consumer devices, the the just the, the general awareness of this is off the charts now. Mm. There's a new consumer device that is quite possibly, I've seen, my grandparents had a farm when I was growing up. And one thing you encounter on a farm is uh, a lot of shit, um, which they call, they call them cow pats in cow Australia. Pats. I don't know how. Yeah. yeah, so cow there's pats. there's cow pats everywhere, and it's 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 useful. I mean, you use it to to grow grow plants. I mean, you go it's shit, but shit is fertilizer. It's it's where it mm. comes from. It's what dynamic lifter is. It's chicken shit. A lot of gardeners in uh, the UK. I remember talking to one guy. So oh, we had we need pig shit for this, and he just called it pig shit. But um, this particular consumer device that wants to measure HRV and then tell you your 64 different flavors of emotion, like Ben and Jerry's ice cream or something, is the biggest pile of shit <laughs> I have ever seen anywhere. <laughs> like, even at that documentary, there was a, a documentary in Australia several years ago about a guy who worked in waste processing uh, who called himself King Pooh. And there was a great, there was a great shot um, there was a great shot of him um, on top of a huge mountain of reprocessed waste. This device is a bigger pile of shit than that guy was sitting on. Now, the, the, the consumer thing is ripe for, for this kind of stuff because it's, it's an easy story. Oh, look, the emotions and the sympathetics and the parasympathetics. So there's, there's some good people out there who, who are doing some, some, some good stuff and, and not, not overplaying their hand when it comes to these consumer devices, but there's others who are really pushing this. And uh, you know, most of my inquiries about my research doesn't actually come from researchers. It comes from like semi-pro athletes. Oh, I read, I, I, got, I got the HRV of this. What does it mean type stuff? Yeah, well, you know, there's an awful lot of, this is so and it gets it gets more and more you remember the the the, the hype cycle I, the, I, the, we, the, we the, the renamed on this. the, the yes. renamed hype cycle the renamed what, what, um, what do we call it again i didn't think i can't remember yeah go yeah you, you can but listen back this is the the, the hiv apparently still has further to go going up and no promising <laughs> people people are, are promising things it has absolutely no hope whatsoever of delivering i, I mean th I th th this peaked. is something you're talking about something you're, you're getting a metric out of the heart rate sometimes it's hard enough getting this out of people who have clinical anxiety disorders when you're making them anxious if you think that it can sit around and tell you the difference between despair and ennui no then chance. you've got your head stuck up your big fat ass no chance 
No, it's it's just I mean it's 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 physiologically insulting basically, and it's you you are I don't like people who take advantage of of other people when it comes to this stuff. Mm. I mean, there's an, a, enough there's enough stupidity and ignorance and 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 venal nasty people in the world without taking scientific concepts that are supposed to represent something else something that is verifiable something that if if tested will give the same results again a way to interface with reality when you take them and you beat people around the head and neck with them to try and get them to give you money. When you write promises that uh, into into your copy and how you sell something, that it, it's not just a matter of you're overselling it, but you're promising something that it can't deliver by definition, which means you don't know enough about it to make statements about it. When you're using science to do stuff like that, you're the fucking enemy. And there is not a hole deep enough for people who manage to pull. This is how I feel. There's some of these people are doing research on mindfulness right now. Oh, we tested it using the science. Oh, my God. <laughs> and you look at the quality of the research they're turning out, and they will not, they will not brook criticism. And it's not, mm. let's not pretend it's not just them. It's just a very broad spectrum of people now who use science as a weapon to open other people's hip pockets. And if I could weld them all together and throw them into the sun, I would. Fuck the jail time. <laughs> Look, it's 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 a huge problem. Um, but get get getting back Ooh, to the... when I yell, the waveform goes spikier. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. I always promised myself I wouldn't get upset about something, and then I find it just sort of starts building up. <laughs> I gotta well, work on that. The um. Now this brings us to the idea of how do we how do we actually you know fight this what, what what do we do um now what one option Ooh. is um so that is actually that's the sixty four thousand dollar question here yeah and i don't do you... have a lot of good suggestions go go down go okay so so one thing which could be possible is taking the um this is something that i've thought about and you know one idea you could do is you know have a look keep an eye on the uh the the, the papers that are coming through every day someone mentions this and then Put a little comment on on pub uh, PubMed Commons. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, but uh, you're actually wrong. But imagine being that guy and having your name attached um, to, yeah. to all these comments. It's it's not a yeah. good look. Um, and I, I don't think like I, I'm the sort of person that you know I, I, I want to you know really celebrate what's good about science. Um, and and not just be that negative person that God, everything's Dan, wrong. Even even I want to do that. <laughs> It's, so, this is so, what I prefer it when we do an episode. We got we talk about a study that's really good because there's so much stuff you want to throw rocks at. And when you when you're reviewing stuff, most things that you review, you're pulling the problems with them out. Mm. You don't get to you don't get to say, look at this, put this on a pedestal. This is a good thing. It is much more sustaining to work with that in mind. So, yeah, you're saying, look, the idea of like all of these things are published in a central repository called PubMed. There is a mm. comment system. You could go around and append a comment to all of them that says, what the hell is wrong with you? Why did you do that? <laughs> and if you do that, you become that guy. And yeah. I agree with you completely. You do. That's probably not the way. And that, that chews the ass out of the nature of the criticism. Yeah. If you're because of the, if you are if you are the critical person, people are unwilling to accept the psychology of that. Do you know what I mean? So the other I don't option, think, uh, it's ineffective, and it makes it, you look like a complete tit. 
Yeah, it's it's not a good look. Now, now the other option is doing some sort of anonymous system, um, much like in the style of StatCheck. Well, StatCheck now is able to go through papers and uh, looking as long as your papers are reported in uh, in APA format. Uh, when it comes to your statistics, it actually reruns the statistics to make sure that the T values, the degrees of freedom, the F statistics all correspond with um, uh, with the P values that are reported. Uh, now, this uh, this system has actually come up uh, against a bit of heat um, because sometimes it can be a little bit oversensitive, and uh, some of these things are simple rounding errors. Um, when yep. it comes to how things are interpreted. However, the system basically just does a blanket analysis going... Uh, and I think, you know, what it says is fine. It's like this this thing may have detected some anom- anom- anomalies. Um, yes. The authors need it's to like that if, if, if you if, if this particular statistical thing that is automatically detecting, uh, detecting errors, if you found it had left a comment on one of your papers, what would your immediate reaction be? You'd freak out. And it's not a good look because it basically says that Although the comment says it may or may not be wrong, it implicitly says, "Hey, you know, you're at least you're sloppy enough not to check your rounding errors, or something might be wrong." It's it's, it's not a good look. Yeah, I I know, but I don't think I think the vast majority of your stuff is probably right. You know, I don't think you've done anything like that. The chances of it just having read the wrong thing are pretty reasonable. Yeah, and but the... if it's something that's extremely minor, I'd rather know. I think I'd be quite curious if someone, oh, this is none of this stuff matches up. to like, really? Huh? Let's uh, let's have a look. I I can't be, uh, you know, if you look, if you back it, if you back it, how how wrong can it be? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah. So it has. I mean, I'm 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 generally generally speaking, I'm I'm supportive of 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 stat check. Um, I actually now. Every single paper that I publish and every single paper that I review, I run through StatCheck you just myself. Stuff it through yourself, yeah, yeah, and uh, it, yeah, it's, it's a good, uh, it's a, it's a really good check. And there, there's I actually green one test papers I review. It, it's perfect, and then and then it occasionally turns up some interesting things. But it, it's it's nice because you're, you're 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 reviewing a paper, and then there was one I actually said to the author, "Hey, I actually noticed that um, you know some of your things don't match up. It seems like a typo. Um, better you address this now than it get caught." later on and the uh hmm. the author was very appreciative going yep this is certainly a typo thanks for picking yeah. it up i never would have picked it up i'm not, I'm not going to go through a paper and, and and check that the degrees of freedom in the f statistics match up but StatCheck hmm. does it for automatically fantastic yeah what's well, yeah so you got two people handling the data you've got six authors you're author number five or the senior author you're not checking all the things so the idea that you can make sure it's internally consistent by pushing a button is super cool it's useful it saves you a lot of time it's it's fantastic, and then so perhaps we can actually set up a system where um you can you can pass the text yeah, and then if a paper says sympathovagal balance, then it then you could automatically do a comment going hey this paper mentions this term, but unless it's been done under very specific circumstances this thing doesn't isn't actually a thing, um I don't hmm. know like do, do do you see like this being useful I I, I don't know. Well, look, the problem is we haven't we haven't got to the other ways of handling this yet. And the, the, the traditional way, obviously, is make sure all the editors and reviewers in the whole world know to point this out. The problem is when you've got something that's used as broadly as HIV is for a technique, there are so many areas and reviewers, et cetera, et cetera, that how are you going to tell everyone? Mm. So... 
what are you left with? Your... You can always. I mean, you can, you can, you can write. I'd rather. I don't want. Let's do the, the other thing. I don't. You, you don't want credit for doing something like this. It's not a matter of. It's not a matter of I, I. I need to look good in the service of this issue. It's just a matter of pure academic process that should be important to you if you care about getting stuff right. You can just write to everyone who does it privately and go, can I ask you why you use this thing? You could do a whole other study on that. Why did you use this shit idea? Collect a hundred papers and the next a hundred papers that are published and then look at it as a model of why do you continue to use an idea that has no theoretical support. Did you see, actually, in my preprint, I cited an extremely interesting paper that was published recently. Do you know the one I'm talking about? You're talking the uh, the impact of retraction on future citation? Yeah, there's a paper recently, uh, a lady of the wonderful surname of Bornemann Cimenti. I think it was a... Was it a lady? I can't actually remember... Uh, I've probably got it wrong. Oh, here we are. Oh, I don't know. Is Helmar a male name? Helmar. I'm not sure. Oh, I think it is. It's a dude. Oh, okay. I thought it was a woman. I find I'm sexist. Every time I see a name and there's a paper that I like, I assume it's written by a woman. Do you know why? It comes from it. It comes from starting off in a psych department where most of the senior faculty, the people that you respect, whose stuff that you read, who have authoritative voices, are women. That's what it is. So every time I read something like this, I don't know what the name is, but something in my brain goes like, I see it in my head. The picture that I see of someone is female. Anyway, I'm a sexist. What are you going to do? See, this is this is really this is a really interesting paper uh 45% of the okay so the, the people probably don't remember remember this there was a guy called Scott Rubin this was a few years before the whole uh the whole um the the the, the more recent uh fuss about replication and and data fraud stuff before that it all kicked off this this is in 2009 so this started about 10 years ago mm. Um, this guy's in prison, I think, or maybe he's out by now. I don't know. Anyway, he was an anesthesiologist. He was, he was here in, um, he was here in Boston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he did all dodgy stuff and a lot of his papers got retracted. He, uh, he did, so there was some actual question of actual fraud, um, in some of these articles. So... He's, uh, you know, they lost his medical license. He got fined. He went to prison. Um, anesthesiologists have a terrible record when it comes to uh, getting uh, getting getting their research together. When you, there's an awful lot of high-profile ones who've been busted for research fraud. Anyway, so this guy goes down in 2009. 25 of his publications are retracted. So it's now far enough from 2009 to to say. How often is this stuff still being cited? Mm. 20 of Ruben's publications had been cited 274 times between 2009 and I assume this is like current. 
because this paper, uh, I only recently became aware of it since science and engineering ethics, but the paper is, it's been published for a year now. Yeah. In 2014, 45% of the retracted articles had been cited at least once. In about a quarter, it was clearly stated that the work had been retracted. In other words, all of these papers are retracted because the guy is a literal actual fraud. Mm. Almost half of them have been cited once since they were removed from the formal scientific record. And only a quarter of those citations have mentioned the fact that the cited paper was withdrawn from service. Yeah. So obviously we have a big problem with how do you formally correct the formal academic record, what can still be regarded as accurate. We can't even do that with stuff where the author goes to prison. It's, it, I think it's so diff- it's different. not even a matter of like, can we go back and it's, it's also, look, it's also very unfair. Was that one of the ideas is, okay, say we have a zombie theory. Um, and then we say, well, why can't we just unpublish the paper? You can't unpublish the paper. Nope. Because then you're punishing someone for being wrong, which is in science is essentially doing your job. You're punishing someone for doing their job. They had a square go. It was a good idea. You're also punishing them for being popular because lots of people noticed, which results in a tremendous amount of interest. They get the interest. You look at the idea really carefully because it's important. And then you go, oh, turns out that's not the case at all. And then you remove the paper. That's bullshit. Obviously, the paper, I mean, it stays. It's part of the permanent record. It's Mm. not fraudulent. It's not deliberately inaccurate. It's not even, there's no question of anything being done that's wrong. It's just not supportable anymore. Mm. And uh, in the the case that, that got me starting to think about this, it's really very, very obvious that it's not supportable anymore. Yeah, something that has been consistently pointed out for two decades. Now, this, this right? very problem, as a reviewer, I'd say at least half of the papers I review, I have to bring this very issue up. And I think uh, when it comes to retractions, um, it's just a if you've got good reviewers on board, they're going to pick this up straight away. Um, there was a, a recent retraction um, that happened with an oxytocin meta-analysis, which I think we mentioned. And I reviewed a paper. Um, the paper was only submitted for publication a week after the paper was retracted. So, I mean, it's 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 completely reasonable the authors didn't see this. But I just yes, told them, hey, is entirely. this paper's been retracted. And um, perhaps I'll be very interested to see whether the other three reviewers have also um, gotten wind that this paper was retracted. Um, but that ah, only happened... This is your little, there's your little N equals four experiment. Does experiment. everyone know said retracted paper is in fact retracted? Yeah, so you'll be able to see, um, what, you know, what what the case was there. So with this uh, with this idea, you're, the the more people that actually have knowledge of this, uh, good reviews will pick this up, and that will actually um, stop these uh, ideas getting propagated. But you, you'd assume that the worse quality the journal, the uh, the 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 less stringent the peer review quality is going to be, and the more likely it's going to miss it, or if uh, if you've sent this idea to a journal, it's more on the periphery of these ideas, or you're in a, a sub area which just tends to propagate these ideas more. I don't know, but uh, you know, it's uh, it's 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 an it's an interesting thought. Hmm. Yeah, you uh, look. 
at some point in time, this isn't also a matter for like settling arguments as, as well. Think of it this way: when you talk about a zombie theory, something it has to, it really has to have the crap kicked out of it. You know, you really have to be absolutely very sure that it's not just a matter of, oh, we replicated it and it didn't work. But it's it's wrong. It's wrong for a reason of process. We know the theory's wrong. Here's the idea we had that led to us doing it. The idea is wrong. The observations are wrong. It's wrong. It's useless. It's literally no good. We're certain of this now. Um, how do you become certain of that is, you know, a different question. Hmm. And one thing I've noticed is that people uh, people tend to have two sets of standards for assessing uh, assessing null studies versus positive studies. If you get a controversial positive study, people go, "Oh, look, they didn't they didn't do this, they didn't pre-register, they didn't do that," which is all fair enough. But then people hmm. come out and do null studies that are meth- the, the the methods are so much weaker. They're like, "Look, it's a null study. They don't seem to apply the this, this same sort of rigor." that they do with the positive studies just because I don't know it just seems like a difference I think it's in the last couple of years people have got very excited about the idea there's been there's some cartel behavior that happens in academia sort it's of like, by it's like reflex smelling blood almost. in the water yeah it's a good there's suddenly the idea there's this thing that might not work there's the idea that you can contribute to this process like yeah welcome to actual scientific fucking reality well well done social science you bunch of nonsense really oh oh it might actually be wrong is that people people are all hopped up on the idea that you can directly retest an idea to try and make an aggressive statement about it and then you know you, the problem you end up with is that then the replication is maybe even worse quality than the original study i mean it probably should be a lot bigger that's generally part of the idea you know, okay we've got a we're going to treat this as a perspective idea. How powerful is the effect? Okay, we need this many people to observe it. Full stop, end of story, yeah? Mm. So, obviously, there's very good quality replications, but the idea There of, is, for sure. Yeah. But the idea of let's do away with the file drawer and have a proper discussion about this stuff, yeah, it doesn't work unless you're still observing good protocol. Mm, you have to. This, you yeah. have to have the same amount, same amount of rigor, um, and sometimes it's happening. Why even and... open your damn mouth if you don't? Seriously. Mm. Ugh. Well, let's. Getting uh, angry. Yeah. Uh, I, hopefully, hopefully, we'll um, we'll this this preprint will see the light of day soon. Maybe it'll be out by the time this uh, episode actually comes out. And if it is... Uh, I'll uh, probably have stuck it somewhere by the time it's finished. Uh, maybe it'll change the focus point. Maybe if you're reading <laughs> something that's attached to this podcast it'll make absolutely no sense whatsoever. We're almost pre, pre, uh, pre-committed here. But we'll, we'll post that if uh, if it's uh, out by the time the episode is out. But thank you. Thank you for listening again. Um, as always, uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Hertz Podcast uh, on Facebook just search Everything Hurts Podcast. Uh, send us emails at everythinghurtspodcast at gmail.com if you have feedback or even episode ideas. People have been sending us episode ideas. and uh, I like episode, episode ideas stop me from having to think. So an angel <laughs> gets his wings every time you send one of them in. Yeah, and we're, we're, we're slowly making our way through them and we want to get to all the ideas that you've sent us. But we've, uh, got a, we've got a spare one somewhere that we haven't done. We do. Yeah, I can't even remember what it is. <laughs> it's there. It's there, but keep, uh, keep sending oh, us. Oh, it doesn't the, matter now. Yeah, yeah. send and us stand us stuff. Do it. And, do a uh, thing, yeah. follow with it. Yeah, man. Share, share yeah. it. Uh, tell, tell your friends about, uh, if you're enjoying the podcast. Tell um, your non-science sure. friends who'll find all of this pointless and really <laughs> obnoxious. Tell tell your science friends. Tell tell your non non science friends. 
Um, and uh, yeah, spread. If you don't spread have any word. friends, probably get some friends. They're quite valuable. It's a good, it's a good tip too. But thanks yeah. for thanks for listening uh, for this episode, and we'll be uh, back again soon for another one. Bye, chickens. Bye for now. <laughs>